What's up, golfers? Welcome back to the podcast. Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner. This podcast is dedicated to helping you play your best golf. That's why the title is Chasing Your Best. It was a play on that. I just wanted to help more golfers reach their potential or just get a step closer or understand things a little bit more, empower you with more tools, more resources, more best practices to help you get to where you want to be. It's about knowledge. It's about having a plan and working your plan. And I want to talk to you today about key differences between professional golfers and amateur golfers. I think there's a lot of misconceptions in this department. I think a lot of people think what professionals do is a little different than what they do. And I want to talk to you about key separators between the pros and the ams. Key separator number one, and I've definitely talked a lot about this, but I just want to give it as a reminder, professionals are better at hitting more greens. That's a combination of them driving the ball good enough to have opportunities to hit the greens and then being absolutely precise with their irons and executing on those shots. Amateurs don't hit as many greens. Your greens and regulation are correlated with your handicap. If you want to set up a plan for improvement, first assess how many greens you hit and assess why you're not hitting them. Are you not driving it well enough? Are you not precise enough with your irons, with your contact or your curvature? It's one of those things. Or your course management, that plays into it as well. Driving the golf ball. Let's talk about professionals really quick. They drive the golf ball really well, but they don't drive it as accurately as a lot of amateurs believe them to. The tour average in fairways is like 45%. I've looked it up on TrackMan before. I'm not referencing it right now, but it's it's between 40 and 50%. So roughly half of the greens a tour player is going to hit. I meet amateur golfers all the time that show me their Arcos data, which is a, a data analysis system that you can set up on the back of your clubs, and they're hitting 50% of the fairways. Now, key separator, these professionals don't have a wild miss and they understand what their miss is. Having a one-way miss and a miss that's playable is a key separator between a professional and an amateur. Iron playing excellence, this is a monster key separator. When you watch a professional hit their irons, they are so precise with their distance, their contact, and their direction. It's a major reason they're as good as they are. Amateurs struggle with all of those things, whether that's contact or direction or course management or aim. It's all, there's just a big separator between professionals and amateurs. In one little spinoff here, a common misconception is that professionals are better at putting than they really are. The Strokes Gained book by Mark Brody, I think it's Mark Brody, it's a really good book. Look it up. It, it really breaks down statistically what some of these key separators are and how good professionals actually putt. I think it's from eight feet. It's between eight or 10 feet that pros only make about 50% of their putts. Moral of the story, a lot of people think they putt better than they really do. Now, what we see on TV is the players that are winning are putting, generally speaking, the best that week. So we get to see the highlight reel. It's the Instagram of tour coverage. When the TVs are covering tour players, it's because they're playing their best that week. So we're not getting a true sample from everybody. We're seeing the best of the best play their best. Just keep that in mind as you're watching golf coverage on TV. Another key separator, and this one is close to my heart, being a golf coach and golf instructor, is PGA Tour players 
are coachable and they have excellence in their technique. Now, a lot of people might hear that and say, oh, well, Jim Furyk swings differently, Bubba Watson swings differently, so on and so forth. And within those skeletons is excellent technique. Trust me when I say that. When you really get to understand golf instruction, golf swing, what makes a swing work, what makes a swing tick, every great golfer has excellence in the technique category. There can just be variation in their blueprint and their DNA and how they do things. There is not a cookie cutter system, a one size fits all golf swing that is the master golf swing. Having a great golf swing is a combination of a lot of things, but what they've learned through a lot of it has a coach involved is they've learned how to swing the club effectively and how to make a swing path and, and contact and club face angles that work consistently for them. Jim Furyk actually has a amazing golf swing. If you really look at it from waist high to waist high, he is absolutely amazing at how well he controls his club face through the hitting area. And I would not hesitate to use his swing as an example. Now, not to dive off on a tangent on you, but yeah, Jim Furyk is, the guy's got it going on. There's a reason he hits the golf ball so well. And I think when we look at the shell of his golf swing, we see something that's unique and different. And it is different and unique, but he's found a way to make it work for him. And that's where some of the art and golf instruction comes in is when do you decide to change something? When do you not? And there's definitely a lot of gray area. But from my interpretation, it's you have to make a priority list first of the things that you need to fix, what's important to you. And then are the things you're doing functional? Are they holding you back? Or can they push you forward? All of those questions need to be answered and it's all in frame of reference to where you at and where you're going. Now to get back on topic, key separator between professionals and amateurs, course management. I've done a little mini series on course management on this podcast. I would recommend hopping back and listening to that if, you, if you're lost on your course management. I think it's a good overarching perspective. Have some thoughts to provoke what good course management is. But tour players have excellent course management. They make really good decisions. And at the stem of that is having a predictable ball flight. It's very difficult to have quality course management if you don't have a predictable ball flight. Now, with that being said, just because you don't have a predictable ball flight doesn't mean you shouldn't understand and work on your course management. You should still attempt to make good decisions, and those good decisions will add up over time. An example of good course management is we have a dog leg left. It's 400 yards long. The dog leg, say, is at 100 yards. It's a hard dog leg. There's maybe an opportunity to go over the trees if you can bomb at 350. There's water down the right side. And there's a big wide fairway all the way up into 100 yards and then a hard dog leg left. In that kind of situation, you have options. Your main trouble is right. That's a shot you want to miss. You could go over the trees. You'd have to do a risk assessment if that's something that's worth it for you. Chances are it wouldn't be. So we want to avoid the water. We want to hit quality drive. And we want to know that, hey, we're either going to hit or drive one direction, or if we miss it, we're gonna miss it one direction. Now there's a lot of different decisions that go into course management, but let me give you one more quick example. In the tour player category, they would go as far as hitting an iron shot and trying to miss that iron shot on the area of the green where they would have the best possible putt to that hole. Now, that is excellence in what they're doing, but that's something we could take from that as amateurs is that when you hit and miss, you wanna miss in an area where you have an opportunity to have a good shot next. So if that's missing on the wide side of the green, you don't wanna short side yourself, generally speaking. You don't wanna leave yourself above the hole, generally speaking. You wanna get the ball on the green, and if you miss, miss to the wide side of the green. You wanna putt uphill, 
putting uphill has higher probability odds of making that putt than putting downhill does. Course management is very important. It's a really deep rabbit hole. A lot of these principles and frameworks you can bring back to and apply to your golf game. Most of these principles and frameworks are roughly generic. We want to miss the ball in an area that's least penalizing. We want to give ourselves an opportunity to hit the green from the best possible angle. In a perfect world, we want to swing with a club that we're confident with. So an example of that is like laying up on a par five. Lay up to a yardage that you're confident from. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to blast a three wood up next to the green, leave yourself a 40 yard pitch. If you're not confident in a 40 yard pitch, but you're confident in a 100 yard shot. A lot of it depends on you and knowing your game and self-awareness is definitely a key ingredient here is we just have to do that little SWOT analysis on ourselves. If you never heard the term SWOT, it's an old marketing term. It stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. What are the things that we're good at? What are the things that we're bad at? What are the opportunities to improve? And what are our threats that are going to keep us from improving? Is that falling off the wagon? Is it getting distracted by other things. All of these things combine to just have a greater awareness for ourselves and our golf game. And all of these things will add up over time to help you make better decisions. You don't need to play better tomorrow, but you can make one better decision tomorrow. I promise you that. You can take away from this that professionals are professionals for a reason. When we study and want to improve, I like going straight to the professionals because they're playing at the highest level. You can definitely learn things from players of all ability levels, but it's fun to go right to the top and then kind of work our way back to where we are. Every stage of learning and developing is different. Golf can be really fun and rewarding. It can be good exercise too. So go out, play golf, take it one shot at a time, have a plan, work your plan. That's it for today, folks. Share this podcast with your golfing buddies. Leave it a review. That stuff helps more than you know. I will catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. Oh, and by the way, when in doubt, swing hard, hope for the best.